3, 2, 1. gentlemen it is time for another fat and ginger episode with two fat and ginger gentlemen myself and across the desk from me is luke messi good evening luke hi tim is that it that's all you're getting mate Cheers. i'm a bit i'm a bit over you at the moment to be okay. honest i've waited for the episode to tell you but you've lost weight you've got a haircut i just think you're not staying in tune with what the name of the show is i feel like you're leaving me behind that's that was a conversation we could have had before the tape was rolling yeah possibly but yeah. i wanted to talk about it on air because i like to get my feelings out in front of everyone in front of the tens of people we have listening <laughs> the platoon of listeners that we've got that's yeah. right yeah <laughs> on tonight's show i'm going to talk about the fact that i actually won something i won a fire pit good on you wonderful uh, we're gonna have the regular segment mailbag the ginger virus award justin murphy award and that's crap and we're also going to talk to Mick Priado, who's going to tell us what it takes to retire at 35. Yeah, Mickey's one of my great mates from school, and he's quite an interesting fella, Mick, and we'll get to a bottom of a few things there. I look forward to that. I think we should play a song and hook in. Ain't no holla back, girl. Uh-huh, this my shit. All the girls Hollaback girl. What do you think, Tim? What is a hollaback girl? I don't know. I don't no. know. It's an American term for someone who has a cavity on their back. Well, so hollow back girl. <laughs> I don't know. Don't they say like a holler at you? Oh, you give me a holler back. A holler at you, so holler back. Someone should Google it. I don't know. We've got access to Google. What we got? We're too lazy. Yeah, we are. I guess I'm not be bothered. Right, what do you got? Well, on the weekend, Tim, I took the kids camping. Oh, hello. Yeah, I took the kids camping. Now, stupidly, mm. I extended an invite to a bunch of Toby's mates. Yeah, right. So Toby's 15. Oh, he's got a bunch of mates. There's about seven or eight of them. And I said he could bring a mate. That's mm. how it starts. He said, bring a mate out so that you don't bother me. And he said, well, if I invite one, I've got to invite seven. You know? They're thick thieves, aren't they? Oh, they, they, they do everything together. So... You know what, well, I thought about it and I thought, what does it really matter to me? Huh? If there's seven of them, surely there's even less that will annoy me. That's and that's the way it ended up playing out. Yeah. So we end up taking them all out. Uh, my daughter as well come out and she was pretty cruisy. But the reason I brought it up... Mm. Is it around about 11 o'clock when I was at my most vulnerable? Is that a nice way to put yes, it? Yes, it is, yeah. I had on. a few, yeah. you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Most impressionable. Yeah, well, most likely to make a bad decision. Yeah. And that's proven many times throughout my it life. Has. A couple of them led to the kids, actually, now I think about it. Yeah. But <laughs> they come up to me as a group. Yeah. Yeah, and I know the boys. They're great boys. A lot of them play footy together. And said, Luke, we want to have a drink. Oh. Come on, let us have a drink. Yep. Peer pressure for a start. They, They're not your peers you know, though, are they? Weird pressure. I don't know what you call it. Um, <laughs> under pressure. But they huddled around like, come on, huddle up. You know, we yeah. want to chat about this. I did cave. I gave them one or two each. Yeah. And so we're talking like a six points down with 30 seconds to go in the grand final. That's sort of huddle. huddle. Yes. We can do this. Yeah, we can, we do, can do this, this together. Yeah. Come on, Luke. That's right. We believe yeah. we can do this. That's right. And we believe that you can give us a beer or two each. Just little 4% ciders. Oh. And that kept them happy, kept them chatty. And that was it. And there yeah. wasn't any more for them because 
because that was the end of mine. They drank all mine. Yeah. I had nothing left. You gave of yourself. I gave of myself. And then I just raided me mates. But <laughs> well, what is the age? This is what got me thinking about it. When is it okay? Because I know myself I was allowed to drink from an early age yeah. under my parents' supervision. It's done you no harm at all, has well, it? Well, you know, I was an alcoholic, <laughs> but besides that, they had the right idea. I think they knew we were going to do it anyway. Uh-huh. And they said, I'd rather you do it here. Well, I remember me old man saying this to me. You need to learn how to drink. Yeah, it's yeah? a fair point. And I had another mate who was never allowed to drink mm. who rocked up to a party at 17 with a bottle of Jim Beam, Oof. sculled it, Oof. and was vomiting on himself in the driveway after 20 minutes of yeah. being there. And yeah, I had to right. call his parents to come pick him up because I actually thought he was going to die. Yep. You know, he just didn't know how to do it. You know. So whereas at 15, I remember <laughs> my parents staged an after party for our under 15 grand final. So how old are you then? Like 14. 14. Well, you might have turned 15. Maybe, maybe a couple of 15, few yeah, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were slabs on, you know, and all the parents were sitting around. This is a different era. This is the well, mid, mid 90s. Yeah. But uh, you talk about it like it's a time before decimal currency. It's not that yeah, long ago. Yeah, well, they pulled up in the horse and cart. We all got out That's and we right. got the big barrel with the X's on it. That's right. <laughs> when I say there was probably two or three slaves for the whole mm. team back then, which was, I just remember that night was the first time I was really drunk. Yep. And I'd been kept on the bench in the grand final by the coach that morning. Yeah. And I decided at the presentation night that night I was going to give him a piece of my mind to. Ooh, yeah, okay. Uh, I didn't quite make it. I got halfway across the oval, fell on my back and laid there for about an hour and a half. Yeah, I've seen that happen actually. Someone <laughs> give someone a piece of their mind at presentation night. It does not go well. <laughs> hundreds of people at a club function. Yeah, I couldn't actually walk at that point. No, that's But what it did do was teach me my limits. Yeah. And it taught me how that I can only drink to a certain point. Sorry, just to clarify. So you're saying... I know I never learned it all the time. (laughs) I was going to say, you're trying to tell me that the person that I often see is a person who's learned to drink to their limits. (laughs) Is that what you're trying to tell me? I know where you're going with this. Play a song. Yeah. John Lennon. Yep, mother. What did you think of that? Yeah, it's not as good as Julian's work, but it's not bad. <laughs> well, Julian is the better of the two. A lot more accomplished. You can't know. say that, not even in jest, can you? No, you can't. I'll tell you what I did see today, Tim, was the, I think I sent you the link. You did, I haven't of, watched it yet. Which is the trailer for Get Back, the doco about the Beatles. Oh my When's God. When's that coming out? Uh, it's about 25th of November. And You'd be clear in the diary for that, wouldn't you? Oh. I can see it now that all the blinds will be down, the door will be locked. Yep, the TV will look like a plaster as radio. <laughs> is it through Netflix? Uh, uh, Disney Plus. Wow. So that's exciting. Now, you have some exciting news oh, too. Look, excitement is everywhere in this household at the moment. Tell us I about don't it. often win things. You know, I wouldn't say I'm a loser, but I just don't win things. I, you know, don't win the lotto, nothing like that. The other day, I won a raffle. A big round of applause for me. What did you win, mate? Like, hang on, before you tell us what you won, what mm. was the last thing you won? I think I won some coasters at a charity garden thing ages ago. I don't know. So it coasters? Was, yeah, I don't know. That's what I mean. Who gives coasters out as a prize? I thought the prize you won was pretty bad, but that's... Yeah, so- I mean, whoops. <laughs> Get stuffed. Uh, no, so the case is there was some sort of community garden in Ballarat and they obviously didn't have a lot of coin and I won third prize. And third prize was some coasters and some chutneys or something. Chutneys yeah. were all right. What was second prize? Like the mugs to put on the coasters? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. And, and first prize was a vat of milk or something. Like that. <laughs> no idea. Anyway, so I was over at our local shops here at Armstrong Creek and I went into the Coles here and I bought a raffle ticket for brain cancer research, I believe it was. I think you bought one too. Yeah, I did, mate. Yeah. And, I, and to be honest, the reason I'm paying you out about it is because right. I'm a bit jealous that you won and I didn't. Uh, and, and it's good. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And I'm, that's what I'm looking for. I want you to be jealous of me. Yeah, I am. Yeah, good. All right. So, and there was only two bucks. And just, you know, they obviously bought a book of those tickets. 
got someone to donate this stuff and away they went. Apparently they raised over $1,000, which is fantastic. So. Oh, good on them. Yeah, really, really good. Anyway, so I thought nothing more of it. Got a phone call from Emma, lovely employee over there at Coles and Armstrong Creek. Said, Tim, you've won first prize. You've won a fire pit, some fire beads, you know, the heat bead thing, some fire lighters, some marshmallows, and a cigarette lighter. And I said, happy, happy days. I'll be there directly. And yeah. I went down and I had a photo taken with it. Oh, did you? Yeah. I had a photo taken with it. The first one I wasn't happy with because my mask was off center. And you look a bit special needs. So yeah. they, they had a second one taken with my mask straight. That's no good with the, well, I mean, what were they going to do with the photo? I haven't seen it yet. No, no, I don't think it's going to go out until, you know, the Herald Sun or the Journal Advertiser. I think it's just for their Coles Armstrong Creek newsletter or something. Okay. And uh, anyway, and then I'll put it in my Kia Rio and drive it home. Oh, good on you. The great thing about owning a Kia Rio is no matter how much you achieve during your day, you're still coming back to a Kia Rio. It keeps you grounded. Yeah, the great leveller. Yeah, it keeps you grounded. Yeah. Look, I was really happy for you. And like I said, I was a bit jealous that you won until you told me what you won. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's a fire pit. Mm. They're about 60 bucks, aren't they, to buy? Oh, well, this one's a Schmicko one. It's a pretty whiz-bang one. Oh, let's say 80 bucks. I'll give you 100 for one offer. It's only four bits of... Sheet metal. Sheet metal. and you. But it's got fire stamped into it. (laughs) It's pretty good. There's the extra 20. Yeah, that's right. Look, once I found out that you won that, I wasn't as bad. Well, talking about someone who has discovered their limits in life, do you remember yeah. when we first fired it up? Yeah, yeah, and we burnt the grass <laughs> out the, the grass. So for the people at home listening, we've got fake grass out the back in this rental property, yeah. and we said, ah, oh, there won't be enough heat to burn that. We'll put it on the concrete yeah. about a foot from the grass. Apparently there was. Yeah, apparently it does. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, those tickets were $2 each or three yep. for five. Yeah, that's so right. I yeah. bought three for five. Did you? Now... So I've you invested this, more. I've thought about this, right, since you've won it. And I've put in enough money to buy one twelfth of it. Yeah. You know? Whereas the odds of winning a raffle are about a thousand to one. Yeah. I would have been better off me and you pulling our money, putting ten bucks in, in retrospect. Right. And and just buying one. That's yeah. the worst sort of course of logic I reckon I've ever heard. Well, it's, it's just hard to win these things, Tim. Well, that's why it's such a big story, because I actually won one. No, I'm wrapped for you. We're not I'm talking saying, about you, I'm though. saying like, the price should have been better. A fire pit's not that good. No, but they're just trying to raise money so people with brain cancer can get help. It's not about the price. Yeah, I know, and then I, I feel for the brain cancer people, but surely they could have come up with something better. I mean, throwing in marshmallows, I mean... Hey, two bags. We had a few grand final night, didn't we? Yeah, I think we might have. It's not the first night on the piss that I've thrown in a marshmallow and... Believe me, that's no prize. Jesus Christ. Sorry, that's the best I got. Play a song. Like that. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us honor, better, faster, stronger. Well, Tim, that was Kanye West with Stronger. Mm. He talks about being stronger, fitter, faster. I'd like to say that about you these days. You're looking incredible, mate. You, Thank you, mate. That's for, cool. for the people who, at home who, who probably don't know this, Tim's like lost a lot of weight. I haven't actually. That's the thing. I've only lost about five kilos. Is no. that because you had a haircut? Or? Possibly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, did a poo and had a haircut. <laughs> Play the mailbag jingle. What's no, that I'm only joking. You are looking fantastic, Thank mate. You, mate. Uh, we might have to change the name of the show. For what? To Slightly uh, overweight and ginger. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mailbag? Yeah. <laughs> These people won't be. Is going. Let's nah. see. Feel like abusing someone? Now's your chance. It's Fat and Ginger's mailbag. I'm excited. I'm going to have to read these out because you've lost your running shape. I have professionalism. Yeah. And you printed out about four of them too. Well, actually six. Six. <laughs> I lost every single <laughs> got one. Them all. Yeah. We're good, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, I'll read these out. Oh, there's a couple there I don't mind. There's one I'm not sure about. But anyway, let's go through. So the first one is from Canada in Southbank. 
Is that that's not a place, is it? No, it's a name. I'm assuming. Go Ca- on, Canada. It's an unusual name. Listen to the podcast for the first time. Probably the last. You are basically the Waldorf and Statler of Australia without the cute Muppet shit. <laughs> I would be telling you to jump from that balcony, keep up the shit work. So, yeah, okay. Canada? Yeah, cool. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. I don't know what we can really. I think she's very much spelled out her opinion. She? Like she, well, I assume it's a she, well, Canada. She, yeah. Is it, was there a bloke named Canada? I don't know. No, he'd be Vancouver. He'd be a Mountie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Vancouver. <laughs> Look, I like the way she spelled out. She's identified that we're a couple of Muppets. Yeah, and that's I'll wear that. But one thing that I would beg to differ here, like with Waldorf and Statler, they set up in the balcony because they didn't like the Muppets and they bagged them out. Yeah. We're sort of a bit different in that we want to be down with the Muppets. We yeah. want to be on stage, but no one lets we're us because we're ginger and fat. So sort of so, backstage almost yeah in the wings being held back by the stage hand yeah saying you're not allowed to come in your passes don't work yeah they're a little bit too red that's right and mm. that's right so then we just start slinging mud because that's what you do because what else can we do that's right they won't let us in we lash out we want to play that's right they won't let us on the stage so canada thank you and all the yeah. best to you, all the best to your kids british columbia saskatchewan <laughs> and vancouver <laughs> She's from South Bank too. I assume it's a she. I'm just saying she. No, it's going to South Bank, that's in Melbourne, isn't it? That's it, like a real tough area. No, not real tough. It's in the middle yeah. of the city, though. Well, she's probably on her balcony. What I'm saying is... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We can all jump, Tim, is yeah, what I'm no. saying. Oh, stop it, don't no, I won't say that. All right. Uh, next one is from... Now, this is the one I'm not sure about. Because yeah. you know how some people send... We had one that was apparently from Ben Stokes. It was obviously not from Ben Stokes. I reckon this could be another one. You can't spell wanker without W-A from Eddie mm. in Turak. Well, hang on. Could that be Eddie everywhere? Wow, this is what I'm talking about. Like, he tried to get into... See the grand final, didn't he? And they he, said he no. He tried to get in and they wouldn't let him in. You think... You reckon it's him? No, well, I don't, quick, mate. Quick cheerio to Eddie if he's listening and... Although, figured... you know, he's in the media a lot. Like, yeah. he probably keeps his finger in all pies. Maybe he's just come across us and said, I just want to be involved. This you is know? a fairly obscure plot for him to keep his finger in there. Yeah, I know. He was pissed off about the WA thing. Yeah. Hey, that reminds me too. Did you read in the news that those two yes. blokes they've been jailed and it looks like they're going to lose their jobs lose their profession over going over for the grand final because they falsified documents because they've been charged I think they said one's a financial advisor and the other one I can't remember his profession but you can't have like a strike against you you can't have a conviction so they're both going to lose their license to practice over this so that's it's worth it it want to be worth it wouldn't it okay well what if you saw the first Cats premiership in what was it 57 years well I did mate yeah, but uh, you, oh, can you play along for the sake similar. of radio? Well, no, I'll go on a different route then. I wouldn't have gone to WA. You know, I would have been spilling, but I would have had to watch it on TV. Yeah. What I'm saying is, this is probably an important point. At the moment, there seems to be a lot of people getting undone by social media, doing the wrong thing. Mm. Like, these guys were having photos of themselves putting it on social media. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. If they just shut the hell up, they wouldn't have got caught. They would have come back, they would have had a ball. No. Yeah, but they had to boast about it. Like, the Storm players? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Nadia Bartel? Nadia Bartel's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. If you don't put stuff on social media, you get away with it. That's right. As soon as you put stuff on so it's just crazy. There was me. stories apparently in Iraq and Syria during the conflicts there where the terrorists would tweet from certain locations and that location would come up on the tweet and so the Americans would order in a drone strike on that location. Wow. So talk about being undone by social media. That's probably the most extreme example, isn't it? Oh, it's very <laughs> literally extreme. Gee, very good. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, if you're going to use social media, if you're going to put stuff out there that shouldn't be seen, 
I don't know if I'm reaching here, but the name Kim Kardashian comes to mind. Go on. With her, so what, her sex she, tape. she wasn't known. She put out something that shouldn't yeah, be seen. Yeah, yeah, okay, and next absolutely. thing you know, yeah. you know, Paris Hilton was another one. Yes. No one had ever heard of her. Well, all I'm saying is, right, if you're going to put out a video that shouldn't be seen, do a sex tape. You're more likely to be a positive spin on it. That's true. Then yeah. it should mean you do a sex tape. Not mm. together. Not together, because no one's, no one's going to, they might play to the zoo to try and get the elephants going, me and you, but should we do a sex tape? No. No? I don't think the world's ready for that for either like of us. one each. Like yeah, I understand where you get from. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. together. I just yeah. want to get clarified. I wasn't asking you to come into my bedroom. Well, that's what it sounds like. That's, so you have to like that. That. that's why I had to clarify it. But maybe that could get us to that next level. Or do we have to find someone I just like have a, a Kim Kardashian to be in it with us? I just have a picture of your bare ass going up and down <laughs> and then you're turning around and giving a thumbs up to the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, mine would probably be called Gone in 60 yeah, Seconds. Less, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Two minute noodles. Yeah. Anyway, right. oh, we're still doing mailbag, yeah, yeah, so we just got a little tangent. Number three. This is from Toby from Harare, Zimbabwe. That can't be right. Do you know we got a, a listener is, this is month? Is that how you say it? Harare? Harare? Harare, yeah. In Zimbabwe? Yep, yep. No, we got a listener in Bosnia-Herzegovina. Did we? Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Cheerio. That might rekindle the war. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, this is from Toby in Zimbabwe. I see there is a calendar looking for hot ginger blokes in 2022. There is, yeah. You guys are so fat, you can do two months each. Dear, oh dear, hey, Tony, that's a, come on, mate, hey, I know you've seen a bit of wild game in your time and you think you've seen something here, but not the case. What's next? Well, I got tagged in that about five times on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, it was a picture of some ginger ripped guy, like, yeah. ripped, you know, saying, do you know any gingers that want to appear in his yeah. calendar? Yeah. And the thing is, he was standing on a beach. And he would have had lights down on him yeah. in the sun because yeah. it's blue skies. It'd be a giant carcinoma. Yeah. I hope the picture was good because it would have been printed on his tombstone that's a week right. later. That's yeah. right. He would have died of skin cancer within six days. Exactly. That's right. right. Let's play some. Yep. Yeah, nigga. I'm still Love a little bit of Dre in the morning, Tim, or in the evening. What do you think, mate? A little bit of Dre? Uh, very nice, very nice. Very uh, very chic, I don't know, up to date, whatever. Well, what's your favourite era of Dre's? Because he obviously, the doc had a few different ones. His early stuff's the best. <laughs> I think he lost his way later on. I <laughs> uh, just know when you're not quite uh, at the same level, but you're still trying to make it good. That's what you, I like mate. about you, Tim. You have a crack. Play the jingle. Even when you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> We've got Lockie on the line. Hang on, I'm going to play the jingle. Hang So it is that time of the week where we get an update on stuff and joining us this week is former Shield cricketer Lachlan Stevens. G'day, Lockie. Timothy, Lockie. How are you? Hey, Lockie. Very well, mate. Very well. Now, look, uh, we haven't got much time, you know. Very busy show. Very lots to get through. Oh, yeah. A lot of quality to yeah. get through, mate. We can barely fit it all in. Yeah, sifting through the, the nuggets of quality content. <laughs> There's nuggets, all right. I don't know about quality content. You've been up there in Brisbane, uh, full-time daddy daycare at the moment, and you want to talk about your favourite game? Well, I just wanted to ask you two, and and of course all of your listeners. um, Both of them. What's the worst game that people have actually played in their lives? I'm just talking about a game that you hate playing. The Soggy Biscuit was a disaster. Can you repeat that game, please, Luke? I'm not sure if you have it up there, but uh, it's called Soggy Biscuit. (laughs) serious? You're 45. One and he just said soggy f- biscuit. <laughs> can we? Can I'll we tell go- you what, Lockie, that's a game you really want to win, my friend. If it's the same term that I'm thinking of, I'm not. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's probably yeah. It's one you definitely want to win because I still can't eat, and it's assorted creams, Lockie. <laughs> Don't encourage him, Stevens. F- 
sorry. <laughs> This is worse than Squid Games, isn't it? What uh, what what game are you referring to? So, you, what have you been playing with the young fella, mate? Uh, look, I, I currently I'm playing a game called Up High, and uh, Up High involves balloons, tennis balls, footballs, soccer balls, any type of round object that can be placed above my son's head, and whether it be on a tennis racket, a table, a uh, a sheet, a blanket. The game is to put the ball up there and for me to get it down for my son to again throw it back to me to put it up there again. So it sounds like a game that might only go for five minutes a day perhaps or ten minutes a day, is that yeah, right? Yeah, it's, look, it's, you know, it's a good seven to nine hours. <laughs> 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 and and I've just, I just never thought about that too much until just this evening talking to you two and I just thought it's the worst game I have ever played. It's, it's worse than Brandy. It's worse than Red Rover, you know, come over. And it's certainly, yeah. look, I've never, I've been fortunate to not play uh, the game that Luke was mentioning before. So maybe that is the worst game. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, I've never it's played the game you're game. talking about, but uh, that is my worst game. Having not played it, that's still my worst game. It's, oh, I don't know. I mean, how old is your son? He's not quite two. So perhaps Brandy's out for the time being, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit of dodgeball might put him to yeah. sleep, mate. You can have the day to yourself. Yeah, yeah might, might have to introduce him to some dodgeball. I'm, I don't think my wife would allow Brandy uh, no. at this stage. Sensible woman. Uh, but, you know, there's, I mean, as all good father-son relationships go, the, the, the most used phrase is don't tell your mother, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. You know what I do, mate, with my little niece and nephew, and I hope my sister's not listening to this, but I play hide-and-seek and just don't look for them. And you get like half an hour to yourself. <laughs> and they hide for ages. And when I finally, they come in and I go, I gave up. You were so good. That's right. Man. Yeah, that's one of the best games I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> and then when it's your turn to hide, because you're actually good at it, you can go and hide somewhere really cool and have like about an hour while they look for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just <laughs> somewhere where they can't open a door. Ah, visionary. You can actually go to the next door neighbor's house and start uh, having a camp. <laughs> that's right. I haven't thought of that. That's brilliant. The Monty Python did a sketch at the Olympics, Olympic Games. Hide and seek, one of the best sketches ever. Sorry, I know you guys have probably already spoken about this a lot on the show, but I was just keen to get an update on uh, was it Maureen? Yeah, we, we go into that a bit, so that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Maureen, we haven't heard from her for a little while. I tried to set up uh, Tim with a friend, yeah. um, it didn't work out too well. Sorry. That's all right, that's all right. Yeah. It doesn't worry me too much, but Tim's devastated. We probably shouldn't talk about it. Yeah, no, it's okay. bad. So, um, Sorry to bring it up and rehash no, that's old, all right. old uh, scars, Tim. More importantly, I'd love to, given your professional background, we'd love to get your insight on the upcoming Ashes series. Mm. Right. Uh, <laughs> I thought you meant... <laughs> no, okay. Some information. No. Right, now, I know that England are coming out. Yeah, they're they coming up. Yeah, some... They've stopped sooking, mate, long enough to be able to put a team together, apparently. So, are Which they coming... terrific. Well, I think, I think it's great that, that England are coming out. I think it's a shame that England didn't go to Pakistan for a recent series. I think, you know, we've got to really try and be helping all cricketing nations at this stage, you know, after a very difficult two years. And I, I think it's a shame that, that countries like Pakistan are getting the cricket play that they deserve, if I could say that as a serious moment. Um, I was going to say, because no one's been to Pakistan for about 20 years, have they? I think they've played some series recently, um, and some teams have been there, but England was scheduled to go, uh, but didn't go, and New Zealand were also scheduled to go, and in fact, I think they were there and they didn't play, so... Yeah, that, I heard you know, that, yeah. Hopefully there is some... some but that's a shame, world, too, because you know. they reckon that tour is a real blast. I reckon it'll be great fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> 
I'm just not sure Loki was worse than I. Would you care to comment? Anyway. Hey, hey, while we're on the subject too, I heard that you're not actually coaching at the moment at cricket. I've been trying to help you out. I've been actually being proactive, Loki, and because and, you know, we're friends now. I want to help you get a job. So I've been just laying a few seeds for you around the Australian cricket side. I've been getting stuck into the boys about how Justin Lang is a bit of a dick. You know, carries on way too much and it's starting to take hold and they're starting to complain about it. It's hit the media recently. Would you right. be able to... You'd be meddling from the inside. With yeah, your, your yeah, with my connections there. <laughs> Good friends of Errol Alcott and all those sort of guys. So would you be would you be up for the, the job if it did pop up? Uh, look, I don't... Uh... I don't think I would be the Australian head coach. I'd love to work with the Australian cricket team. Though. That'd be that'd be a, a dream come true, true, wouldn't it, to work with an international uh, cricketing team? Oh, I'd love that opportunity. But um, yeah, look, I think uh, oh, look, I've got a lot of strong opinions on that sort of stuff, and a lot of strong opinions on coaching. And if I get into it, uh, the viewerships that you do have will actually. Um, descend to zero so I won't take you through that right now um, but I, it's, it's great that the Ashes are going ahead it's a fairly strong side they're bringing out so I know Joffre Archer's not coming Ben Stokes isn't coming but you've got your Stuart Broad yeah. we're disappointed about Ben Stokes not coming apparently the reason he's not coming is because he didn't want to come on this show yeah we were trying we sent messages to his management and he didn't reply so, so we, we did get one we, it, we got one uh, message from him and he said yeah leave my management alone you effing he did that's uh, right he wasn't happy so given the review, shut up, <laughs> dickhead. You know what, though? If you don't get head coach job, I reckon this bloke needs to get the head coach job. Oh, he's got a big uh, head. Uh, he's got a big head. Oh. And who else can do head coaching? Oh, well, uh, we live together, Lucky. I'm 43. <laughs> Hell. Your life has taken a really bad turn. You're stuck here. Is it going the way you wanted it to go, Timmy? Oh, probably not, really. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Uh, look, uh, you'll get ahead one day. So, you done? Yeah, I'm done. The last bit of coaching I offered and Lockie was there was I was at a game where Lockie was playing and he was bowling and I suggested loudly, drunkenly from the sideline that he be brought on from both ends and I was shouted down by everyone around me. Now, at the really? time, at the time, I was drinking beer out you of You shouldn't have probably been around his family when you were saying <laughs> no, it. No, no, no. This is at, this is at uh, Alan Border Field when he was playing for Queensland versus Australia in a practice game. To the stage where Lockie recounts that Steve Waugh said to Lockie, who the f- those guys over there because oh, we were really? just made, yeah we just made such dickheads of ourselves one of my proudest yeah. picnic moments yeah, so no, Steve Moore mentioned you by in person no you? there was a few of us there was uh, I think it was three or four of us who all knew Lockie that were just calling out shit the whole right. game that is and because it was a small ground I'm sure you could probably hear a lot of the stuff and Steve Moore said yes, to you no, who no, are no, those drunken idiots clear. it's terrific yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was uh, I was embarrassed enough to be out on the same field as some of those players and uh, you guys made it even worse so I appreciate your efforts <laughs> on that day even 20 years later, I still remember it vividly. Uh, happy to help. But I do remember you provided me with one of the great moments of my cricketing uh, viewing career was when you hit Ian Harvey for six straight down the ground over his head. Because I never liked him because he wears cravats. End of story. That's it. I mean, I'm done. <laughs> well, I mean, that's such a good reason to not like someone. We probably should let you go, mate. You've probably got a young fellow there waiting to put a balloon on a cupboard or something in the background. We don't Wait till he's a teenager and he's put him on top of like, roofs and stuff, like, on top of cars. And... Yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> good talking, Longy. Talk soon.
Wow, what a song that is. My word. Remember I tried to play you Tool Stink Fist? Yeah, and I just wouldn't listen One to it based on the episode. name. Just based on the name. That was Tool. That was called Enema. Dear so uh, we're going in the right direction, yeah? Are we? Out, rather than... <laughs> I just realised that a lot of their songs tend to be named around the butthole. It's attention-seeking behaviour. Yeah. Instead of letting the music speak for itself... Yeah, why don't they just they... go back to Tool around the front? You know? And that's right, or Tool, good song. And then they play it, and then we go, wow, that is a great song. I'm so glad that it wasn't clouded by having a stupid name at the front and just letting the music speak for itself. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what some of the other songs off that album called. It was Push It, and there was another one called Hooker With A Penis. So, uh, sorry, sorry. So there's a song by Tool called Hooker With A Penis. Yes, yes, there is. Isn't that Rent Boy? I don't know. It's been a long time since they've let me into Thailand. <laughs> So we've got an award coming up now, Tim. Go on. Now, you don't know who the recipient of this is. No, we changed it. I changed it today. You did. But anyway, I'm going to play the jingle. Get me on my toes. I like it. Gingers have been persecuted for centuries. So who's been drawing blood this week? It's Fat and Ginger's Gingivitis Award. So gingivitis. So this is an award for people who persecute gingers. And something has been brought to my attention this week that I haven't had a chance to chat to you about. Uh-huh. So I've just gone ahead and given these people the award. You've acted unilaterally. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Usually we do a lot of things together. Now I'm going to have to refer to my notes here, Tim. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there is a new James Bond film coming out oh, called yeah. No Time to Die. It's going to be the same as all the other ones. Just be a bunch yeah, of Tim placement. doing some stuff, and I'm a big fan of him. But I don't know if you're aware that Daniel Craig, mm. he said it's his last yes. foray into the James Bond world. Yep. And bookmakers are trying to say who's going to be the next Bond. Mm. You can bet on who you think it is. And what's the, right? what's the good money? Now, I had a look today just to see who it yeah. was. And some of the top ones here, we've got Tom Hardy at $3. We've got someone I've never heard of called Renee Jean Page. Right. I don't even know who that is, but he's at three fifty. Idris Elba, is he still up there? I don't think he was in the top five because I think he did an interview saying it won't be him. Okay. But we got your Chris Hemsworth at $12. You know, these sorts of guys. And I thought, I wonder if there's any gingers in the list. Should be. You know, because James Bond, he was... Damien Lewis, he's a famous ginger. Well, he was the first one. He was at 51. Damien Lewis is at $51. $51. $51. Damien Lewis was Captain Richard Winters in Band of Brothers. Exactly, mate. a better person to do it. And he could always dye his hair. It was a problem. But no, 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 no. I'm just saying for the producers, because obviously for him to be that low on the list, and I'm not talking a short list, it was massive. There's maybe 100 names on it. Before we get to the Damien. Before we get to the first ginger. Which was Damien Lewis. Yep. Now, I went all the way down to the bottom, and you know who one of the last ones was? Ben At Stokes. 500 to 1? 500 to 1. Right. Me and you. Prince Harry. <laughs> Are you serious? Prince Harry, one of the most famous gingers in the world. 500 to 1. 500 to 1, right? Can he act? He's rooting an actor. The, the thing is, right, he is he's, um, <laughs> rooting an actor. Sorry, so mar- married to. He's married to an actor. Now, Prince Harry, he's got a lot of good attributes when it comes to James Bond. You know, he's got army training, Tim. He has, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. so he knows combat. He's always been against the establishment. He has, all very a much so. A bit like Bond. Yep. And like Bond, he reports to someone named M. Very so, good. did you like that? It's very good. good. Done well. But, like, he should be up there. He should be, like, one of the people to look at. But because he's ginger, he's not getting no, a go. No, it's not 500 to 1. That's unacceptable. And Damien Lewis being 50 to 1, that's what you said, isn't it? Yep. That's unacceptable, too. He yep. should be right up there. Some of the people that are the same, 500 to 1, is Prince Harry. Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah, fair enough. It's Have just... you seen Russell Crowe these days? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. He's about 150 <laughs> kilos and about 70 years old. Sean Connery looks better than him, and he's been dead for five years. <laughs> P. Diddy. 
He's 500 to one. Bullshit. P. Diddy. Now, I'm not sure he should be in that list. I know he's had a few people killed, but he might not necessarily nah. be able to do it himself, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that's just Ginger's persecuted there. And you know what? Yeah. The thing is, too, I'm going to go back to Damien Lewis, right? Yeah, right. Because he is a British actor. He's not American. He's no, British. No, that's right, yeah. So, he's got the accent already. Well, you'd think he'd be able to do it. The thing is, a shoe in. Yeah. So, what's stopping him? Why won't you know what it is. Yeah. Do we have to say it on air? His gingerness. License to kill. His license to be outside for more than half an hour without sunscreen. Uh, you know, what about Ben Stokes? He could do it. If you're looking at Prince Harry, why couldn't Ben Stokes He'd do it? He'd be up the list. I bet it I think that anger issue, maybe that's why they don't want to give a ginger license to kill. You reckon? He'll just take out everyone. You reckon he'll be on set with... <laughs> you imagine to kill 15 people with blanks? Yeah. <laughs> just, through, just through the power of anger. <laughs> They'll say to him, here's a list of people we want you to kill, James. He goes, no, nah, I'm going back and killing everyone from your childhood. That's right. That's for giving me a nipple cripple at the drinking fountain. <laughs> grade three. <laughs> So, Tim, that was from Triple X Temptation, who is no longer with us, unfortunately. So, sadly, he was gunned down by a rival outside Walmart, I think it was. What a moment too soon. Now, that was appalling. <laughs> I once tried amateur boxing, right? I got my ass kicked. And that three and a half minutes was more pleasurable than that. I'd rather get kicked you in the junk. You can't say not a moment too soon. I don't know, the bloke? Who yeah, cares? I don't he, he was quite a talented was musician. He? And was he? Well, yeah, I thought he was. As General Meltrip once said in Blackadder, if it's by a man's work that he be judged, he's a steaming pile of horse manure. Okay, fair enough. I can't argue with Rowan Atkinson when it comes to rap. Stephen uh, Fry. <laughs> was that who it was? <laughs> Stephen Fry. Uh, now, speaking of all things crap, mm, ah, one of your favourites? My favourite. All right, play jingle. Yep. Don't believe the hype. That's actually crap. You want to go first? Yeah, okay. So I've got the grand final. And look, we concede, you know, that's a couple of weeks ago and it might have fallen off people's radar a bit, but I would call upon people to maintain the rage with this one. Yeah, the grand final for me, 8 o'clock or whatever time it was on, 7.40. Mate, I had to get the paper the next morning to see one. I was that pissed by then. I didn't know what was going on. But that's all right, because you learnt your limits when you were young. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I sort of uh, contradicted myself there. But to me, there's two great days on the calendar, because we work shift work. Every year, I look and see if I'm working those two days. And they are grand final day and Christmas. Yep. They're my two favourite days of the year because both days I can crack a can at 9am and no one gives a toss. Right, it's the done thing. It'd be like saying, right, we're having Christmas lunch at 7.40 this year. Yeah, no, we're going to change Christmas lunch to Christmas dinner. Yep, and you can do the presents at 8.30 when yeah. you're all tired and That's right. and all yeah. that. It's just ridiculous, mate. Like, it's been two o'clock for a reason. You have your build-up, you don't have to wait all day for the game. You get day drunk. If you're a supporter, it's a nightmare waiting that whole day. It well, is a nightmare. Yeah, last, well, last year when our teams were both involved yeah. in the grand final. Oh, I hated grand final day that day. It was a Not long, just because we lost. But, but you're right, it's a long day. And we'll stand around at four or five o'clock yeah. just chatting and talking to you and go, this is grand final day. We should be going crazy right yeah. now. Yeah, or, that's right. Or commiserate yeah. either way. And the other thing is kids can't no, enjoy it. They can't that's celebrate the serious it for me is that you can't get kids involved in the grand final nah, because they're all out by then, mate. Well, what if you okay, COVID notwithstanding, so when COVID's gone, whenever that is going to be, yeah. what if you want to go to a night grand final with your six, seven year old? You can't do it. Your game will be finished at ten. You get a train back or you drive back. Maybe back in Geelong, for example, till midnight. Kid will be exhausted. And when you have a grand final party, 
right? Yeah. What do you do? You, there's a bunch of kids around, they all go play, whatever. Yeah. When do you put your kids to bed? Yeah, if you're home. That's right. Between 7.30, 9.30, yeah, 10 o'clock, when the grand finals, and you've got to stop what you're doing, go and read a story. It's just ridiculous, it mate. What do you do? How can we stop the AFL from even looking at it? I don't know, because I know there's a contract that has to be the MCG. Yeah. yeah, obviously COVID notwithstanding for the next 50 years or something. Maybe there's something in that contract saying it has to be a day game because there should be because hopefully they're getting the feedback through that no one's happy with the night grand final. Nobody is. Nobody no. I've spoken who likes it. But do you know... They still did it. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, the people who will like it will be, will be TV. Yeah, but when should they rule that sort it's of thing? the dollars, you know? mate. Everyone's going to watch it anyway. It's not changing the ratings. The same people are watching it. Yeah, in fact, they might have less viewers by having it at the time they're having it because I'm already passed out by then. That's right. There's well, one less they have. Your TV's still on, so you still count. Yeah, true. Now, I've got something I want to whinge about. Uh, okay, by the way, that is crap. So Thank you very much. Pleasure. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, as you alluded to earlier on, I purchased a barbecue. Now, not an outdoors kitchen, not something complicated, pretty simple. Not like the one you won in the raffle, oh, the, mate, the, yeah. the fire pit. That took about 30 seconds to put together. It does, yeah, that's right. You yeah. probably put that together fairly drunk too, I'd imagine. The barbecue, though, was a fairly simple four burner just plate barbecue. I came home, I was by myself, and I put it together. Yeah, when I came home, it was done. Yeah. I just assumed it took you, what, five, ten minutes? Nah, it took about three, no, two hours. Yeah. Because what you've got to do is you've got to construct all the modules of it, and then yeah. you try and hold it together while you're trying to screw the things in the holes. <laughs> and of course, because it's not the most expensive barbecue in the world, not all the screws fit in all the holes. Yeah. So you've got cross-threaded screws which you're trying to get in, you're swearing, then one won't go in, so you're waiting for it to fall apart. Remember Homer Simpson's barbecue? Yeah, that's right, it became yeah. a piece of modern art, didn't and it? He, and he goes, what a great barbecue. <laughs> right. Why does looks, it mine look like that? Oh, classic. Bless Homer. Yeah. And, but I'm happy to say I haven't blown anything up. I cooked you a steak on it, which went all right. Yeah, it went and, all right. Yeah. And it hasn't fallen apart yet. No, so. it was really nice. And so it was good. Look, it, it worked. I just assumed that you did it really quick, because you are probably a man's man, is that fair to say? Like, when that's it comes to those sorts of things. Ever said to me. Is it really? Mate, I hate Total Tools. Yeah. I can't stand the shop. I can't stand Auto Cheap. Me I can't too. Stand Total Tools. They do nothing for me. All the things that men are supposed to do, I hate doing. Yeah. Making stuff like that. Even cooking a barbecue. I yeah. hate doing mowing the lawns, tinkering on my car, giving women an orgasm. All these things, <laughs> I cannot stand it. And I don't want to do it. I tell you what, you do you, I'll do me. You know, if you want someone to stoke your fire, if you want someone to do your gardening, if you want someone to tinker with anything, do it yourself. So, what do you like doing? Um, just looking after myself, really. <laughs> just being here and doing what I feel like doing. Uh, you know? I've got about four tools in the house. You know that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, Most people have a garage full of tools. I've got four in the bottom drawer in the kitchen, and three of them have got Bob the Builder on the side. That's right. I remember when a friend of ours had a heap of tools nicked, and he was going on about how he'd lost $5,500 worth of tools. And I was thinking, if I had all my tools nicked, it'd be about $1.50. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go into a garage sale and replace a lot like that. That's you know? right, yeah. So, right. you know, stick your bunnings in your car places up your back um, and the other thing was too when I was at Bunnings getting it there was a sign up that said we'll assemble your barbecue for $170 and at the time I thought what a rort yeah right but how then, much did the barbecue cost you 150 or something so you wouldn't have done it for no yeah. but halfway through making it about an hour in when I was swearing and everything I probably would have paid that well that's my point like, even like doing the lawns only takes a couple of hours right picking the weeds out yeah. for me I'd rather go to work do a couple of hours overtime Pay someone to do it, and it's a lot easier what I do than what they do. Very true. Yeah. 100%. So I'm a very lazy man. If you, you live with me now, you know that. No, no, you're a bit hard on yourself. You, you're passionate in certain areas. <laughs> when it comes to me. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> all right, so will you give me that? That's crap? Yeah, it's definitely crap, mate. Now, speaking of you go look after yourselves, I look after myself. Here's a song by a Geelong boy, mm. Xavier Rudd, called Let Me Be.
Xavier Rudd there, Geelong boy with Let Me Be, massive fan of radio. I went to school with him, did you know that? No, I didn't know that, did no. you really? He's huge, mate, these days, and he was just a Joey's boy with me. And I still remember him appearing at the Talent Quest. Yeah. I was about grade five, he would have been about year nine, year ten. Oh, he would have been a god to you back then. Oh, he played Daughter by Pearl Jam mm. on his own on an acoustic and was just incredible, but got upstaged. He didn't get beaten in the talent quest, but he got up stage because a band got up and played Rape Me by Nirvana Jeez. in an all-boys Catholic school. Everyone just went nuts just because it was so funny that they chose that song. There's another song that could have spoken for itself without the name. Yeah, well, you just saw teachers running around, like, conferring, like, should we let this continue or what? And, uh, That's a bold was, move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, a great song. Nirvana's a pretty big band. It's yeah. not like they made it up. Yeah. But, yeah, they just decided to put that on, and that's all anyone could talk about. We yeah. forgot all about Ruddy and his great yeah. version of uh, Daughter. Isn't it uncanny that the guy from Foo Fighters looks just like the drummer out of Nirvana? Isn't that uncanny? So we've got another award coming up. You've used that one before. Oh, I have it. It's it's so I'm going to use it again. I'm going to use it again and again. Yeah, I love yeah. it every time. Yeah, you're nothing if not consistent, Tim. You've said that before too. Now, the Justin Murphy Award. So this is for anyone who's a bit of a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just whinges when there's no need to. And have we got a controversial... <sighs> A controversial recipient this week, Tim. I can't remember who we said. No, so I'll play the jingle. Yeah. Are you easily offended? Welcome to the Justin Murphy Club. So we've got... Oh, started playing the next song. So the winner of this week's Justin Murphy Award is Dan Andrews. Go on. He's the second premier in about four weeks to yeah. win this award yeah, after we'll Gladys. Yeah. Yeah, Gladys has been ousted since. I hope the same fortunes don't befall Dan. Dan, a bishop. But, uh, you know, I think he has got a few things going on with investigations and that no, sort of thing. I've I heard about that. I'm not sure. It's all, it's all funny. It depends which media outlet you read. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway, go on. Well, like, we're not referring to that. No, no, no. You no, know, no. Just like with Gladys, we didn't talk about that. No. She got asked after that. I'm not saying that we had anything to do no. with it. It's just like we didn't have anything to do with Dixie Drumsticks coming back. No, we had nothing, nothing to do with that. Do with that. And yeah. Gladys getting the... I think the right people are starting to listen to this oh, show so, and yeah. making some decent decisions for the people. Agreed. Go but on. We have Dan Andrews because, look, it's been a tough job for Dan, hasn't it? In fairness, whether you like him or don't, you've got to admit he's had a tough couple of years. He's had a tough couple of years and he's got a job that nobody in this world wants. No, oh, but there's plenty of people that think they could do it better. Yeah, but none of them probably could. No. Until recently. I would have said that till recently. But what I've found about Dan recently, he's really coming down on people, because cases are spreading, who have been in lockdown more than anyone else in the world, Tim, mm-hmm. and just, there's no empathy from him. There's no light at the end of the tunnel stuff. Come on, guys, I know it's tough, but let's do this. It's just giving people crap for not doing the right thing, just constantly dishing out crap. He turns up in his bloody sweater every day. Oh, and jumps no, on no, news. He wears a suit and tie sometimes, depending on what news he's given. Well, he's dresses for the occasion. If he's wearing a suit and tie, you're stuffed. You're stuffed. Yeah, yeah but if he's got the sweater on. North Face jacket, yeah. he's looking good. <laughs> it's like Morse coated by yeah. clothes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, I just don't like the way. There's a lot of people suffering at the moment through mental health, through loss of business, still trying to do the right thing and just getting chastised every day by him. It's turned me off him. I'd say the last couple of months Mm -hmm. has turned me off him. And what happened last week? You got fined for not wearing a mask. Twice. 
Was it twice, was it? I believe it was twice. I saw a video of him walking across the car park without one and going past reporters and all that without a mask. I think he got done a second time as well. Don't trust me on that. But, you know, if you're going to start laying the boots in for not doing the right thing, which he seems to be doing on a daily basis, then gets caught doing that exact same thing. Well, that's exactly what the Justin Murphy Award's all about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, look, it apparently paid him straight away, obviously. And you know, oh, Of course. Time. What's he going to do? Argue him? Say, listen, mate, I don't think this is fair. I, uh... But then in fairness, you know, what would you do if your kids were doing something you didn't want them to do and you've been telling them for years and years to do it? Well, we're not kids, mate. No, that's no, no, just answer my, answer my question. What would I do? Well, someone you're in charge of. I told you a story earlier about the young fellow who yeah, gave a bell in the yard, but I didn't want to do it in front of everyone, so I took him out to the car from the supermarket and did it. He gave me a big headbutt. You're right, and I think, look, I think he's had a job that no one's wanted for the last two years. I mean, it started with the bushfires and then went into COVID, and I yep. think, you know, you're right, he's probably... I don't know, is he reaching the end of his tether? Maybe it's getting close. Maybe it's a little bit of that. And he yeah. fell down the stairs in that time, he too, did, yeah. and was out of action for a little while. He was, yeah. I don't know. I just think his conduct in the last couple of months, to me, he ain't going to get elected next time. Everyone's turned on him. Mm, I don't right. know. And I'd like to see him do something different. Yeah. But still be influential. Like maybe he, they've just done a World Health Organization investigation in China. Maybe he can go and head that. Oh, and instead of chastising us. You just have us, to shoehorn it in there, don't you? What? You just have to shoehorn that in there. Yeah, well, the investigation I started it, mate. Oh, get on my phone. You just keep talking. Hey, right well, you're not sponsoring us. Oh. I eat a lot of their products, but that's about as far as we go with the Chinese. <laughs> um, you could do that. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking earlier, right? Mm. I was thinking this on the, on the car earlier. He dresses impeccably he in a nice yeah. uh, sweater. Yeah. 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 He likes being seen on TV mm. and he likes keeping people in line. Mm. Maybe he could be the star of the revised Cosby show. Just instead of putting people to sleep, he can keep them locked up. Play a song. That was my iron lung from Radiohead. Tim, what did you think? It was all right. It was all right. That's the best I'll get out of you, innit? Seven out of ten. Let's go. Uh, Keep going. Yeah, I think you just say every song now, seven out of ten, just so you don't have to talk to me about Pretty it. Pretty much. Yeah. Should we continue on? <laughs> Are you getting sick of me? Oh, no. Yeah, right. I'm sick of myself, mate. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, look, we've got a very special guest here now. I'm very excited because he's one of my uh, oldest and dearest friends. It's not what he said. No, no, he <laughs> hates me, mate. But uh, yeah, he's got no choice. He's got to put up with me. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Mick Priato. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Been a round of applause there for you. Awesome, see. Capacity crowd. Yeah. Oh, the whole one. Yeah, he doesn't know how to turn it off, so yeah. Uh, the other way, just, just hang on, Mick. It's got 26 seconds to go. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, I'm going to turn it. Geez, they're a generous crowd, aren't they? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. When was the last time you had an applause like that, Mick? Oh, probably never, to be honest. But um, you know, obviously, you should have. Though. You played in a couple of grand finals when you were younger. Oh, in, yes. in football, you Absolutely. would have had a few, a few cheers like that. You're quite a good footballer in the year. Uh, yeah, probably wouldn't have won them without me. But yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mick, uh, tell everyone who's listening at home, they might not know who you are. I know you very well. Tim oh, knows just, you, but... Uh, yeah, just a local bloke from Geelong. Um, yeah, young fellow who uh, went to school at St. Joey's and then progressed into business after school and 
Yeah, just the. No, there's more to you than that, Mick. Oh, you're a very modest man. I don't no, actually, no, you're not. You you talk about yourself all the time, but not on air. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to tell everyone a little bit about you. So Mick left school at about what 16, mate? 16, yeah, about right. year 10. Yep. And started working in a pizza shop. You were uh, always a hard worker, and eventually bought your own place. Yep. And always told us when we were young kids, I'm going to retire by the time I'm 35. I, prob- I probably said 30, but I was a little bit out there. <laughs> a little bit out, yep. And uh, just worked your backside off with you and your wife, Emma. Marie making the best pizza and pasta you'd, you'd ever hope to imagine. Drysdale Valley Pizza was renowned around Geelong and the surf coast. People come from far and wide to go and try your pizza and your pasta. And you sort of missed your aim by about five years, mate. You were retired about 35, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finished up work uh, 35. Um, did a first year. Started in about 2001 as the owner, me and Amory, my wife, and sold it in... 2016, so probably about, you know, probably 15 years. 15 years of... Um, what sort of hours a week were you doing during that time? I mean, at, at, at the start, it was quite tricky because, you know, I mean, we, we took on a... It was quite a twist of fate. We are both working there, and yeah. um, and then all of a sudden, I, we were both working there just as a worker, and then I met Anne-Marie there, and um, she'd gone, oh, well, you know, let's... Um, you know, we, we sort of become a couple there, and... Um, yeah. Well, well, yeah, so that's where we actually met me and my wife, yeah, and then... Um, all of a sudden, it was a parent's business, and um, so you married the boss's daughter. Well, yeah, no, 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 not, not, not effectively because I hadn't got married. We got married while we were the owners of the shop, so okay. not effectively. You, you no. went out with the boss's daughter. Yeah, I went out with the boss's daughter. So, so how so. did you approach that with dad? No, no, that's right. They love me. It was, yeah. was a, you know, a good Italian boy, so they're pretty happy. Yeah, happy with that. So yeah. they're okay with that. So we'll stick into the same sort of thing. So they're, they're okay with it. And yeah, and then I bought into the business with um, probably about only nine months in. Actually, I bought in with my wife's father and uncle. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, we did that together for six months, and then that that was tricky. The the uh, was three partners, me and the father-in-law got on really well. The other partner was really hard to work with, and yeah. so her father said, "Listen, I, he was at an age where he could retire, and he said I want out." And me and Amory originally said we want out as well, and um, we decided we'll all go our own separate ways. Yeah. And then just one day over the kitchen bench, I said, "Look, what are we going to do? We, we you know we're going to sell our share and go overseas and have a holiday." And, I said, what, what if we bought the shop? And she goes, oh, well, you know, should we? And I go, what else are we going to do? Yeah. So she said, all right, cool, we'll buy it. So we did, we bought it. And then, so the first probably five years, I mean, I remember it was heaps of hours. It was ridiculous. It was probably, we'd get there at about 11 o'clock in the morning, get home 11 o'clock at night. And that was probably five days a week we'd do that. And then through the summer period, I'll never forget the first summer we worked from the 26th of December all the way to the 14th of February without a day off. Just, and wow. that, was, that, was, that was seven days a week, just all the way through. So that was the, the hard work side of it. Like it was yeah. just really brutal hard work. But, but I guess the thing that we were there together, and we're probably so young, and it was the thing that, the crazy thing is if you're ever gonna do it hard, do it young, because you've got all the yeah, energy there. Yeah, it's, it's when you got, and you got reckless amounts of energy. You can still go, and we still went out and did some stuff and it was okay. Yeah. You know, mm. still had reckless amounts of energy, but as you got older and into it, you know, everything, you know, like you couldn't do the seven, I couldn't do seven days no. a week. From probably 23, 24 onwards, I couldn't do seven days a week no more. It just so, become too tricky. So how old were you when you brought the other guys 20, out? 21. Wow. I was 21. No, I was, sorry, yeah, 21 and a half, and Amory was about 19 and a half. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And how old were you, because uh, you got two beautiful kids? Yep. And how old were you when you had the kids? So, I was... So, I was 30 when I had Christian, and I was 30... Four and a half when I had Marcus. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm 41 now. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, so a lot of people would sort of think, ah, oh, you know, Mickey retired at, at 35. How good's that? But, geez, you put some work in, mate. And that's oh, what look, people don't understand yeah, is how hard you work to get it. And I grew up with you. What, you so knew I could never I, do anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I never got to catch up with you, mate, because yeah. you're always, you know, I'm on a Saturday night on the piece on the tear somewhere and yeah. you're, you're working yeah, your ass off. So. And that, that was the tricky thing. Like, it was work-life balance. Like, it was not much life balance. There was just a brutal amount of work. Yeah. But, I mean, it was what we sort of thought would work initially like when you you know buy a business you've got to pay the loans and whatever you've got to get that business to a point where you can generate some money and go forward you know mm-hmm. go forward in life you can't sit idle and I guess if you're going to be there it's like someone said to me you only had to really work for 15 years I go but in hours terms I probably did you know 26 years in hours yeah, terms in yeah, years. Yeah, like yeah. I mean it's, it's hard to Quantify so how many hours a week you reckon you do? Oh, look, that, that Christmas period, I reckon that I talk of the first year, we were probably doing a good thirteen hours a day. We thirteen sometimes we were because we were very big on would knock the staff off and lock up. I remember one night we got one day the um, day after New Year's, the second of January, we got there. At 11 o'clock in the morning and didn't get home till 2.30. In the morning. Wow. 2.30 in the next morning, yeah. So and we're just, talking every day. Yeah. Well, that was the summer period. It was busy. So, yeah, yeah that, that was what it was like then. So, it was, so you just uh, had to do it. Yeah, and we did. We did it hard. And, yeah, we did it you know, for a long period of time. But we did it hard. But, yeah, yeah but it, look, it was a rewarding thing to do. And obviously, you know, we managed to build a bit of a life and, you know, sort of get to a ultimate yep. goal where... You know, yep. five years ago we pulled the pin. Yeah, so. and, that, and that's that was what you were trying to achieve, and well done on, on trying to achieve it. And then you <laughs> retired. All of a sudden, you've gone from being flat out uh, every single day, not having time to think, to all of a sudden having all the time in the world. How did that go? Um, that that bit, yeah, that bit's tricky for the first year or two because you sort of, it's not a matter of having nothing to do. It's always been a matter of from going to be the most important man in the organisation where everyone calls you for every bit of they need yeah. to being like it was funny you sell a business and the next day there's no phones ringing. No, yeah, it's right. as, if, as if you're not yeah. important anymore. And yeah. that's, hard to, that's hard to take initially when you're no longer the man. I think a lot of people get confused with it. They get confused with, you know, you know I finished work and I just got my health deteriorated and all that. And I think that's mainly because they lose a sense of purpose. Yeah. Like, you know, what do you, what do you, who are you? Who are you? It's like you guys when you work, you know, you go do your job, you know what you are, you know what your value is, you know what you're needed for. And then, you know, if, if you take that away from you, yourself, you, not the, the business or the organisation will go on, but yourself, you think, geez, what's my value? What's my value? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I don't provide a lot of value out of it now. And, and look, I wasn't going to say that because, you know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to offend you, but saying in the intro how you offended Tim constantly, I mean, oh, I you. thought maybe yeah, I should have yeah, appreciated probably yeah, that's, that, yeah. that's, that's our dynamic. Isn't that our dynamic? I don't know, is it? It's okay. Luke's always been, look, I've known Luke since I was 11, so there's always, if he's not offending someone, he's obviously not feeling well. So that's right. At least he's feeling good tonight. Yeah, I'm feeling good. But uh, I know my dad went through the same thing. So he was uh, quite an important man uh, in the Shell world and went overseas uh, building the biggest natural gas plant in the world. And he he had a, a massive staff working underneath him, looking up to him. And then he stopped, retired, came back and really struggled with his mental health yeah. because the same reason. It was like uh, all of a sudden he was just mm. walking around the house looking for something to do, spent watching movies and it just lost that sense of purpose. No, absolutely. And it's, it's probably really important absolutely. for anyone listening to, to find something that, whether it's volunteer, whether it's something, something that's going to occupy your time something and give you a reason to get up in the morning. Absolutely. Something you can feel a bit of purpose towards, you know. So, yeah. 
and, that, and that's always the tricky thing, you know. But I mean, that's a, it's a fine balancing act between that and, and a story that I'll tell you a quick one that getting it right at the right time. I mean, I'll never forget when I was in the shop, I met this guy called uh, Neville Daniels. Mm-hmm. Great man, one of my favorite customers of all time. He, and he said to me these words, he said, Mick, he come in one night and he goes, I've got cancer, I'm gonna die. And I said, oh geez, this is terrible news. Like I was shaking, I just, and I, I started getting upset. And he goes, don't get upset, because if I can tell you and I'll give you one bit of advice. I'll, he was a wealthy man, he goes, I've retired at 40. And he was probably 60, he goes, I've lived the last 20 years of my life my way, the way I wanted to. He goes, I go out at 60 now, knowing that I've done everything that, wanted to that do. I've wanted to do. He goes, and I could have done it for more money. He goes, but there's no purpose in that. So that's why I probably retired early as well. I thought when I got to a point where I was okay, I thought, do you want to be the guy who goes out? The, the guy with the most toys, in my opinion, doesn't win the game because all he'll do is work his butt off to get all the toys. And then all the people who get his inheritance are going to love the fact he's had toys and he's not even going to get to enjoy them because it's become too much more about the money than the life. Or the collection. The collection. Mm, and, it, yeah. and you'd never- Accumulating. If, if you get stuck in that hole, You'll never ever get out. Mm. That's that's the one thing. So that's what made me realise. So what's your purpose now these days, mate? Look, what keeps you ticking over? My family. You yeah. know, I love spending time with my family. The thing is that when you get so much time with them and just watch them grow, and in particular of you know the last probably couple of years, spending time with your family and your friends and stuff is just doing things like catching up with people. The things that I missed out on. Now I'm, re- yeah, I'm reclaiming now. Yeah. I'm reclaiming now. So you know, when we, we, me, you and Mick went away to Queensland, like we reclaimed that. That should have been done 15 years ago, but we, we're getting there. You know, we're so, there. Yeah. so that's my purpose now to re-catch up on the things that perhaps. Well, I'm a bit like I that this year. Like you know, I've been through a separation this yeah, year, yeah. and then I found Tim over there, and um, we've we've set up a house here. And what do you mean your family? <laughs> well, you know, we we we. Pretty close these days, yeah, is that fair to say? Yeah. And now, uh, got Mick here, Mick, <laughs> and I love my food, so we're going to get a couple of tips. So we discussed the other night a proper carbonara. Yep, proper carbonara. What does not go in a proper carbonara? In, in a traditional Italian carbonara, there should be not one iota of cream. That's right, no cream. Really? No cream. That's the basis of it here. Uh, yes, because Australia is... Yeah, just unleash, mate. Unleash. Are we very lazy? Is that what it no, is? No, no, we've bastardised food. It's, it's what we do because we... It's like anything, we, we sell it to a market that's there and the market in Australia want a really creamy, sloppy carbonara. But mm. if you went and brought that to an Italian market, they'd throw it in your face. So what, mean, what do they have instead? What's the cream? Because it's a cream-based oh, thing. So, so egg, Yeah. the oil of the bacon, or the, they'll cook it with pancetta, yeah. and parmesan cheese. Mm. So the oil of the parmesan cheese and the bacon will create the Stop. oil and the egg to create like a, a, a dryish sort of Bacony carbonara. Is that how you used to serve it in the? No, no. I, look, once again, we couldn't serve it like that because that would all that would mean is people would send it back and go, "There's no cream in it." Well, to say the proper way to make it, we're going against it. But unfortunately, well, no, not unfortunately. When you've got when you're selling 100 or 150 of them a week, you, yeah. you sit there. You know, when you got and that's no kidding. We had probably 24 passes on the menu, and one in every four was a carbonara. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So when you probably sell 600 a week and you're selling 150 carbonara with lots of cream. You just keep Can pumping I, them out. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Just keep, keep, yeah. On, keep on putting cream in them. Yeah, yeah. Keep on putting cream in them. That, yeah. That's the way to go. My other question is uh, how to make the perfect pizza. Now, I've heard lots of things about what to do with crust and is less, more, is, you know, from a man who's probably, how many pizzas do you reckon you've made in your life? Oh, I reckon I, reckon I would have clocked a million. Bullshit. No, Seriously? no, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. I probably, because wow. we probably, oh, I did work this out. Probably sold a good, towards the end, we'd probably sell maybe 
80,000 a year pizzas. So yeah. probably the last, you know, seven or eight years while we're busiest. I mean, that probably, and yeah. then I've done it for yeah. years before yeah. that. Well, whilst we we're building the business, I've done yeah. it for, you know, probably selling 40,000, 30,000. But then I did start in the parents' pizza shop, like Lou said, when I was 16. So mm. I sold pizza, but yeah, probably clocked a million. So the perfect pizza, how do you do it? And what's on your perfect pizza? No pineapple. Get rid of pineapple. Well, it goes without saying. Mick will vault the table and punch people if it's surely. Yeah. <laughs> and I personally don't like pineapple on my pizzas. But having said that, my wife doesn't mind it with, you're going to like this, with olives and anchovies for the fact of the sweet and sour Ooh, taste. Okay, yeah. But you guys probably wouldn't, might not love olives and anchovies. But oh. if you do, if you do, yeah. Sometimes, not a lot, but a little bit of pineapple because you know how obviously you wake up in the middle of the night with that dry mouth. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the pineapple does take a, away a bit of that salty, right. that residue. But I mean, look, my perfect one would be just tomato cheese and then very little topping. See, the, the, the key thing with pizzas is in, in Australia, once again, we're bastardised and we put, you know, we put an inch of ham yeah. on and, and yeah. it's not what it should be. I think it's going back that way though. All the- I would like to hope so because. Yeah. Pizza in Italy is only ever meant to be a snack. It was never meant to be a meal. Mm, yeah, right. Somehow or another in, Italy, in Australia, we've made it a meal. But look, my favorite would be probably tomato cheese, a little bit of salami, bit of bacon, bit of mushroom and onion. That's it, just like that. Yes. It, bit of chili on top, bit of garlic. Cause I mean, look, garlic. Can you make this one now, Mick, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, give me about 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make the pastry, sorry. What, so. what we might do is uh, play a song. We'll come back and chat to you again, Mick. Is that all right? right? Yeah, yeah, no just, right. Uh, we're gonna play a little bit of Tom Petty and his fellow heartbreakers. Wow, what a song that was, Tim. What do you think? Mm. Good. Sorry. Good. I do it. <laughs> have you got a mouthful of nuts over there, mate? I've got a mouthful of nuts. Yeah, how often do we have that little conversation? Mm-hmm. We do, yeah. Um, but Tom Petty, I reckon he's probably underrated in the annals of pop music, or what would you call it? Rock music? Rock yeah, music, yeah. He's had quite a good few Seven hits. Out of ten. And he was in um, the Travelling Wilburys as well. Which Tom is, Petty was. I think he was, yeah, with George Harrison and Roy Orbison and Bob Dylan. Yeah. I think he was in there too. So, a yeah. bit of a super group there. Yeah. Still with us is Mick Priato. Yes, he is, Michael. And uh, Mick, so uh, you retired at 35. You obviously needed a break. You took a bit of time. And I know you were sort of hitting the gym at one stage and you were building yourself up pretty well. And then something happened, mate. Do you want to tell us what happened? Uh, yeah, no, it was while well, I was still at work, actually. I was still at work when it happened. I was um, going for a jog and um, had sore shoulders and um, thought, oh, yeah, obviously going for a run, sore shoulders. Kept going for another couple of weeks. Go for a jog, sore shoulders. I thought, yep, I'm obviously just working into it. But no what, what, do you, what do you mean by sore shoulders? I had aches in my shoulders when I went for a run. Right, both shoulders. Yeah, yeah both shoulders aches. Were aching. So you aching. wouldn't think anything wrong no, about no, that? No, no, no. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. I didn't. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with me until, crazily enough, your football team probably saved my life. They're pretty good like that, the Cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching Geelong and Carlton for all the wrong reasons for a Carlton supporter. <laughs> watching Geelong and um, Carlton one night. I went home from work early and watched it at my father-in-law's house. Yeah. Close game. Carlton was up all night. The last two minutes of the game. Was I could just Sal would kick that Sal goal? would kick the goal. From the yep. pocket? Yeah, I remember yep. that. Ran right past Tui and just kicked the goal. Yeah. And And... 30 seconds leading up to it, I saw him get my handball and I had, and all of a sudden I'm watching this game and I got that same pain in my shoulders wow. from sitting on a couch. Just sitting there. Sitting on the couch and I had the same pain in my shoulders. And um, 
I looked at my hands, they were all white, and, and I said, okay, yep, there's something wrong here. And then about three days later, my father-in-law was cooked, so I, I cut the lawn for him. She goes, you know, you all right? And I said, yeah, I feel fine. I just got sore shoulders, got white hands. She goes, what's wrong with you? And I said to her, no kidding, these words, I've got blocked arteries, no doubt. And she goes, you're an idiot. How would you know that? And I go, there's something in there that tells me I've got blocked arteries. And um, she's like, well, I still think you're an idiot. So I rang my wife who was at work. She's then. very smart lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I rang my wife who was at work then. And I go, Marie, something's wrong. Call the doctor, I've got blocked arteries. And she's like, no, you don't. Yeah, I don't think that's true. And I go, no, no, it is true. She goes, you're an idiot, you're not. And I go, call the doctor. She called the doctor and I went into my local doctor and said to him, listen, mate, I'm here. I, I think, you know, I've got blocked arteries. He goes, all right, let's give you an ECG. And he did, and he gives me an ECG, and he goes, it looks okay on the ECG. Everything looks fine. And I said, listen, I've got to tell you, I reckon I've got blocked arteries. And he goes, all right, I want to send you for a stress test. I can live with the results. Well, I thought I could live with the results, but if I know at least what's going on, I've got a course of action. Because yep. mm. that's what I was like in business. If something happened, a person quit that was important, you work it out and you can sort it out. Life's a bit different in this circumstance, but I thought I'll get the stress test. So I went in, they strapped me up and sat there for 17 minutes after one and a half minutes running on a treadmill. Mm. And then he takes me back in and he goes, did you know why we sat there? And I said, no, I've got no idea. And he goes, because that's how long it took us to get your heart rate back under 100 for one and a half minutes wow. of running. Wow. And I was like, okay. And he goes, listen, you've got blocked arteries. There's no doubt. So this was Monday. And now I knew you would have rang your mum and your missus and said, told you. <laughs> yeah, my mother-in-law. Well, Anne-Marie was waiting outside because she said there's nothing wrong with you, even when I went into the, into the uh, cardiologist. Yeah. And then he said it was Monday. He goes, I want to do the operation on Wednesday. Wow. Yeah. So he goes, I want you to go home for the next two nights and sit down and do nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Should have come work at Beaver with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, look, I mean, you probably said you could get up and do a few things. Like, I probably didn't have to do nothing at all like you or Beaver. But, uh, so, so he said that and then, yeah, and then I got the operation and um, the four stents, two in the LCD, two in the LCX arteries and opened them up. And yeah, and that's when, unfortunately, once they go in and tinker with your heart, they tinker with your soul. You'll never come out the same. 100% correct. I've never been the same human ever since. The, the, the mind is different. Everything's changed because it's as if they go in there and they genuinely tinker with something that can never be reversed. Wow. And I don't know what it is. It's something and people tell you and I've read up on it and they say it's to do with your heart. It's a pure thing. And once it's no longer pure, it's no longer pure. And so you had four stents put in. Yep. And could you exercise to the same degree afterwards or? Uh, yep. So basically three, four weeks after they tell you to get back into doing yeah. everything because effectively they've opened up the blood flow. Yeah. So physically, it's the easiest thing to get over you'll ever do. Yeah, okay. Mentally, <laughs> the yeah. trickiest thing to ever get over you'll ever do. That's bizarre. not bizarre, that sounds wrong, but I'd, I'd never thought that unless yeah. I'd heard it from you just then. Yeah, yep. and, that's, and that's the thing. So I mean, I felt that once you'd come out, so I mean, it's, it's, it would be like, I'd liken it to after it happened to me, the, the best analogy to, to use would be the three of us would remember riding on a bike when we were young mm. and you see a big, you know, a two metre incline and you think, I want to go over it and land on mm. the other side. And you do. And you land it, you know, 10 out of 10 times yeah. without any fear or any worry in the world about yeah. anything. You're invincible. You are. Mm. Until you, and that's what, that's what I'd liken it to. Before, before you know anything's wrong with you, you're invincible. Yeah. And you think nothing will ever go wrong. Yeah. Until it does, and you lose your invincibility. Yeah. Once you lose that shield, you'll never be the same human again because you're no longer invincible. Yeah, no, yeah, you'll yeah. Never, you can never get it back. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a part of life that you can never get it back. And I think your old man would have had something similar. Oh, absolutely. And it's mate, a part of life, yeah. that invincibility that you can never get back. And it doesn't matter whether you're fit or healthy. 
it's just the invincibility you'll never get back. Mm. And I'm losing that. You lose a bit of yourself because yeah. you can never truly be super happy, 100% happy about everything if you believe that you're not invincible. And, and when it changes you like that and it, it's really hard to bounce back, how does that affect you mentally? Well, super. I mean, it affects everything. I mean, I mean, I wake up, when you lose that invincibility, I wake up every day for probably two years thinking I'd, today would be the day I die. Well, just, oh, my body can't take it. Now, my body's telling me different, but unfortunately the head sits there and goes, you're not invincible and you can die of anything to do with your heart. Yeah. Any pain you could get in your back, it's a, you automatically think, is that related to the heart? So therefore, all you think about is almost ne- dying ne- all negative. the time. Just no, negative it's, 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 it's such a dark place that you're always stuck in because, I mean, and, and how do you get out of that? I mean, so difficult because... You can never take away what's happened to you. Mm. It's happened now. You can't reverse it. There's no reversing what you've done. You've just got to sit there with it. And, and I've sat there with it for a long, long time. And, and yeah. then until I just one day thought I can either live dying, which is what we all do. You know, we all live until we die. Mm. Or I can sit here and die dying, mm. and which is dying every day a little bit until I die. Until it's all gone. And yeah. I thought to myself, well... I'd probably rather take the live dying than the die dying because who the hell wants to die twice? Was really? there anything that really got you to that space where you go, you know what, I can, I can beat all this? Was um, there anything in particular? Yeah, probably. I mean, it was probably when I realised that at the end of the day, we don't control what can happen and when we will live or die. And just because I've had, I probably thought to myself, just because I've had problems, it wouldn't mean that any of us three sitting here today couldn't have anything go wrong to us right this instant. Mm-hmm. So when we're realistically, when you get that feeling of, realistically, we're all in the same boat, the, the, the whole picture of life, we're all in the same boat. No, no one's in a different situation. We're all in the same boat. So anything can happen. And like I said, I, I thought to myself, my family, I want to live for my family and do fun things with them, you know? Yeah. And being here is the way that that happens. Because obviously, you know, if anything happened, I'd like to, you know, my family would be okay financially, but the burden of me not being there, I reckon, would be the worst thing for them. Yeah, but at the yeah, end of the of day, I don't control that. I don't control... I don't control no, you can't, the can you? No, yeah. you don't. When it's your time, it's your time, mate. But we can't sit here thinking about it the whole time because exactly right. then, then you're not living like you said. That's so. right. You know, you want to be, you want to be living. You know, you want to live dying instead of die dying. Unless, you know, of course, you're a Carlton supporter, in which case you die every day. Well, I've been dying for twenty five years. Every weekend, every weekend, there's a little bit of your breaks off, doesn't it? Every week. With that absolute tragedy, instead of cheering your team, you cheer a player playing well. Sam, well, when your team's crap, that's what you do, isn't it? You cheer a player, you cheer a player. I remember Mick, uh, about the early 2000s, we're carving at their lowest. I'm pretty sure they used to sing the song when they only lost by 10 points. Yeah, it's not And it's not right to sing the song when you lose, but then it was also not right in the 95 grand final for the Carlton supporters to sing the song at 12 minutes into the second quarter either against Geelong. But oh, that's hey, it's been good having the old mix. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you did get stuck into me about that. I remember that year, we were about 15, and I remember telling Mick, I, well, you know, you guys will never win a flag when Justin Madden's running around for you in the ruck. He's a big dopey bugger. Greg Williams is over and, the hill. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stephen Kearney. And, 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 and they were no, all their best players in the grand final. Yeah, they Brad Pierce has got Brad and his sissy hair, and then you've yeah. got Kudafidis on the wing. I think he's doing it with uh, yeah. Chris too, and then 
then all of a sudden they were the six best players who come to school. Yeah, every single one of them. Yes. Yeah. After the holidays, get yeah, them all I, I avoided it for a little bit after that. Uh, six best on. And, and while we're talking about the school days, do you want to tell everyone uh, listening right now why everyone thought I was Indian at school? Uh, uh, they thought Hindu because, uh, look, you're, you're a kid that um, would get on the nerves of just about... Is a gobby prick, isn't it? 98% of the... Um, yeah, that's right. 98% I mean, I've grown of the general... Now, Tim, uh, I? I've grown 98% now, of Tim. the general population no, that's uh, right. And yeah. um, <laughs> I decided perhaps the best way to solve this problem was a permanent headbutt every morning and keep him in line. And I think... Before school or before morning tea? No, 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 it'd be around about, no, probably about quarter past nine, we'd just yeah. lay one in, bang, and yeah. set up the day, and he'd sit there and go, all right, yeah, no worries, we've got this red spot in the middle of your head. I can tell you exactly what time it was, around about ten past ten. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. I still get dizzy at that stage of the day now. Yeah, just well, there you go. So, 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 Mick decided he was going to headbutt me once a day. Every time I got lippy with him, he could give me a headbutt. Yeah. And uh, he used to leave this big permanent red mark on the middle of your forehead, yeah, and everyone, everyone thought I was Hindu, so. Yeah, so, and as they say, like, you know, obviously when my dad comes from an Italy, Calabria, we've got the hardest heads in the world, so. Right, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, it yeah. probably didn't bode well for him being friends with a Calabrian, so. No, no, it didn't look, work well. You know, when, the, when the big fellow upstairs reading out your ledger of life, that'll go down to some of your finest <laughs> work. Headbutting Luke Massive. Front of the queue, son. I'm starting to look like that bloke off something about Mary because I had a, a permanent stack out on just in case I bumped into Mick in the corridors. Oh, well, it wasn't a stack out, it was actually your haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, Mick, uh, thank you so much for joining us, mate, yeah, and, and no being open and honest, mate, and uh, we'll uh, wish you all the best in your future endeavours, whatever they might be. Thank you. Now I have to make a big apology to you, Tim. Why is that, man? That was the second Kanye West song that I played. Well, apology accepted. Two from the same artist. And just, you know, usually I'm on the ball with this sort of stuff. You just, are, yeah. got, It snuck by me. Slipping. Slipping. Because yeah. usually what I do is I just go through my iTunes and go, yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's not a lot of thought that uh, goes into it. So, how good was it to speak to Mick? Right, just a legend, Blake. I don't know if it came across, but me and him and another guy, uh, Mick Stefano, we've been best mates since grade six. Uh, i got a lot of time for that bloke. I know he's been through some issues lately when he had those problems with his heart. Yeah. And, and, you know, it did affect him. Of course. But he has bounced back beautifully. And so I thought he'd be real, real good to chat to because mm. you don't often hear that side of things like heart attacks and things like that. You just go, oh, they survive, they'll be fine. Yeah, that's right. And it's not always the case, mate, you know. No. Uh, so it was really nice to chat to him. I just hope that he doesn't headbutt me when he hears it later. No, he will. And I'm going to call him, I'm going to change his number in my phone to Million Pizza Mick. Million Pizza Mick. Imagine churning out a million pizzas. I mean, if you stack them on top of each other, that'd be tall. I've done four. Yeah, how was no. that? You're um, Yeah, well, I haven't retired yet. No. Uh, million pizzas. Yeah, he say 312 in a night, didn't he? Works his ass off, yeah, mate. Does yeah. fantastic yeah. stuff. Anyway, I need a poo, so I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Just do it here. The whole show's been shit anyway. You might as well add to it. Uh, at least you're honest, Tim. I do like that about you. Thanks, mate. Um, but yeah, no, thank you to Mick for joining us. Thank Absolutely. you to Lockie. Yeah, Lockie. Pulse, we're at the Pulse yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for them for playing uh, our stuff. And still on Voice FM yeah. as well. So Thank thanks to those guys. And uh, we hope everyone's good at home and staying safe. We're all getting out of lockdown soon. Woo-hoo. So, you know, we might see you out and about. Can't wait. Before you know it. That's it. See all ya. Right. Bye-bye. System shut down.